Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cool. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fan cast. This week, I am joined by the host of Ushlako. That is Joe Marshall. Joe, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Playing with Squirrels. Uh, I know Joe through him being a listener of Horror Movie Night, and I think he occasionally listens to this podcast as well, so special thanks to you for that as well. Hey, I religiously listen to this podcast. Ah, sweet. It's always cool to meet people who also enjoy listening to me talk about old Boy Meets World episodes. Um, (laughs) So, the episode that we're watching this week is The B-Team of Life, released on January 28th, 1994. Um... I have to say, after a pretty good streak of episodes that just kind of felt ho-hum and and didn't work for me, there was some kind of cheesy, sentimental charm that I liked in this particular episode. I really enjoyed this one. Um, I mean, it's it's the one... With your podcast, I listen to your podcast, but I don't actually watch the show with it. So this is probably the first uh, Boy Meets World I've seen in 10, 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) But I enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely um, it's definitely a, a decent enough episode, especially for a first season episode. Uh, so the episode starts off, Corey, Sean, and their uh, insert friend here, because they tend to just have this extra third friend that changes uh, from episode to episode, are talking trash about how awful it would be to get put onto the B squad and uh, be, be second string on the team. And it gets more and more absurd, and then they go and look and see if they're on the A or the B squad. And Corey ends up on the B squad, but I really wanted to highlight a thing that Sean says after he looks at the list, and he turns around and he goes, Surprise-O-Rama! Which (laughs) I personally think needs to become part of our our normal vernacular again, because... (laughs) So, uh, so a good first uh, season episode could be called a surprise-o-rama. Yeah, a surprise-o-rama. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much where our, our cold open ends with Corey being upset that he is now on the B team. Uh, then we cut to Feeney teaching about evolution, which is which is always <laughs> nice. Um, and for a while, you kind of feel like this is never going to connect to basketball. <laughs> but, but damn it, Boy Meets World and their brilliant writers certainly, you know, find a way. Survival um, of the fittest. Totally yes. makes sense. <laughs> um, I, played, uh, I played middle school basketball and I was on the, uh, the B team. And uh, here's, here's what I don't get. Uh, were, were, did you, were you ever on a uh, B team? Uh, I mean... 
so I was never on a sports team. Okay. Um, like not school sports. I was always like my parents would sign me up for the local township teams mm. where you kind of just everyone had to play. Um, but I will what? say that uh, that I I definitely spent plenty of time not playing because I'm <laughs> not good at sports. I, I don't think yeah, neither am I. I scored two points in my middle school career. Um, and that was the greatest day of my life. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, th- they treat B team like second string. Like he goes, yeah. I'm on the B team, so I don't. But but they're two different divisions. There's A team, they play. B team, they play. But he's. It seems like they think that B team means second string A team or something. I don't really get. Yeah. Am I wrong there? Yeah. Like it, it seems. Yeah, weird. because I guess for me, I always remembered it being like. Um, like varsity versus JV, you know what I yeah. mean? Like the B team was like, oh, you're on the JV team. Um, so the so Feeney's teaching evolution, and it's kind of just like a small throwaway scene that's going to tie into the episode later. Then we cut to to Eric working out so he can impress all the girls that won't date him, <laughs> and his workout technique is lifting weights while screaming "You're scum!" every <laughs> single time, and it's. It's all like this is like this is the first season, Eric. I remember, <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of mopey and down on himself because all the hot girls want to date the seniors. Like, <laughs> well, they have those Burger King uh, trainee badges. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, so this is like a little bonding moment, and this is when Corey is desperately trying to tell his family that he made the B squad, but. But everyone is way too distracted to pay attention to him. So so Corey tells this large, exaggerated version of what happened in which he's the dude that gets the winning point and then finally admits none of that's true. I basically sat on the bench, um, which leads to I I want to say my favorite, if possibly second favorite. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it ranks all in all. But uh, the line of the dad yelling at Eric after Eric's like, oh, I knew he was on the B team. And he goes, why didn't you tell us? You're supposed to tell us. Why else are you sleeping in the same room with him? (laughs) Um, Which I feel like is very accurate to all of my sibling experiences where it's like an unspoken rule that the older sibling is supposed to be doing a little bit of like spying for the parents (laughs) on what's going on in the younger sibling's life. Did you have to share (laughs) a room with any uh, siblings growing up? My brother from the pretty much since he was born, uh, uh, like maybe after he turned like one or two. Um, yeah, we, and we had a dope room. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, sometimes it was cool, sometimes it sucked. But like we had our we had our N sixty four up there, and him and I played many many games of Mario Kart against each other. So <laughs> I cannot I complain my- too much about. I almost got my tooth knocked out by a Power Ranger figure for uh, beating my little brother at Street Fighter 2 one time. <laughs> it was loose for a long time. Uh, I almost watched my brother die in our bedroom because we had, <laughs> I used to collect, I don't, I don't know where they went. I think my mom probably threw them out, which is infuriating because I know that they're, they're worth so much money now. But I used to collect all of the like 90s Burger King and McDonald's Happy Meal toys. Mm. Like hundreds of these things, <laughs> hundreds of them, and we had this giant display case in the bedroom where they all were. And my brother wanted to get one of them from the top shelf and just started climbing this glass display case. Oh, Jesus! Like he opened the doors and was climbing the shelves, and then his weight caused the whole shelf to topple. And like 
he fell. I was like sitting on the bed, like you shouldn't do that. And like <laughs> as you were playing the whole your video game. Unit, <laughs> oh yeah, you can't even see me, but I absolutely had my hand in the holding a controller motion when I did that. The shelving, the shelving unit fell, and he landed on the bed. Like he let go and landed on the bed, and then the shelves fell on him and the doors slammed and the glass like shattered everywhere like it was it was bad yeah he somehow came out completely unscathed but it could have been terrible (laughs) like Like no cuts at all the glass didn't cut him one bit no i think it was just that it all broke holy shit like and he had like because it was like winter time so he had like long sleeve shirt and long sleeve like and pants so i think that protected most of it Mm. and he just like threw his hands up but yeah, no, he came out almost completely unmarked, but a little shooken up. Were you, in the eyes of uh, whoever came up and uh, picked him up, uh, were you to blame? Uh, <laughs> I, only a little. Like, I was like, why did you stop him? <laughs> like, one of those. But I was like, I. <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a scary moment. But now it's like a thing that we talk about pretty frequently. Uh, so we jump back to school, and I i mean, I've said it almost every episode, but I love Minkus. And his optimism about being on the bench <laughs> is just so charming in this, in this episode. He says something like, he's like, we were so up close to the action. If, I mean, if we were any closer, we would have been on the, on the court. <laughs> like, um, and this leads to the moment that I got real pissed off at, which is like, Mm-hmm. Or he's sitting at lunch, and all of a sudden the coach comes over and is just like, what are you doing in uniform? Second string doesn't go to away games. Which is like, fuck that rule. Like, what if, what if something happens? Someone gets injured or something? Which... Well, and don't forced... be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck is wrong with that guy? <laughs> Kid's in, like, sixth grade. <laughs> he's like, what do you think you are, tough guy? It's like, he's, he's just at school in a shirt. Like, fuck you. Why are you... Being such a jerk. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. And then Corey, so Corey comes home, and his whole family's missing. And I think any human being in his late twenties, early thirties, is like, "Oh, they went to the away game." But, but uh, Corey has no clue what's going on, and he's watching TV. And uh, I wrote down this one quote because it's like this montage of him watching different things on the television. And one of them is just a guy mm-hmm. that goes. If you're not making a lot of money, you're a loser. <laughs> I uh, I had that note as well. <laughs> Only I it's, had you a loser. Yeah, you a loser. Oh, it's so it's so good. It has no reason to be there. It's the most out of place joke, and I love every second. Well, of and it. it's kind of racist too. Oh, like, so, yeah, I would, there's like no kind of super in it. Asian like. Yeah. You just knew he was lying on it like the hood of a vet, just going, "Come on, gang! Like you're a loser." <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a little rocky. So this, so so Corey's starving at this point, and he sneaks outside and steals Mister Feeney's barbecue chicken right off of his grill. Um, what is he a dog? <laughs> like he's yeah. gonna get salmonella from that shit. Yeah, well, and then he's like eating it in the dirt. Like it's like he ruined the chicken for both of them. Um, <laughs> And then there's this this really good conversation. It's going to be the end of the episode with the, the Feeney speech where he kind of ties evolution and family together. But there's a line back and forth where 
uh, Feeney says, I believe they went to see your game. And he goes, why? All they're going to do is sit there and watch me rot. And he goes, well, then I assume they wanted to watch you rot. Um, and I think this is... I think this is the first appearance of Feeney's catchphrase, have some dignity, man. Uh, which I always forget is actually one of his catchphrases. Oh. But he says it a lot throughout the, the series. Uh, but I think this is the first time he does the... Yeah, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, the, have some dignity, man. Um, so they he Feeney drives Corey to the away game. And then they come back from the game. And Eric is, like, super excited that all these sixth graders liked him. Which... Seems like the beginning of Eric being an idiot, <laughs> but I had to wonder, like, it seems like Corey was home alone for hours. So, like, how long were they just sitting at this away game, not concerned that Corey wasn't anywhere? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I didn't think about that. They, uh, that's, that would be a weird, but I mean, how away was the away game? I, I mean, know. if it's hours away, what, are you going to pack up and go home, or are you just going to wait for him to come out? That's true. Just have faith. Have a little faith in him. Yeah. Um, it could have been an hour drive. They could have just been like, well, I'm not getting back in that damn car. <laughs> uh, but then, like I said, Coach is an idiot because three people got fouled out, so he needed Corey. Corey had to get out there, and, uh, you know, Corey, Corey came mm-hmm. out as the big winner. He won, he won the game for everybody. Yay. That's bullshit, though. Minkus really should have... Uh, he was there the whole time. He should have brought in Minkus to win that big game. Pretty much. And then I, I do like the line where where Corey <laughs> says something like... He's like, uh, the three... He goes, I came in and I got the three baskets. to Three whole baskets. Really, cl- you know, real clutching it there. I mean, we did already have a 30-some point lead, but still. <laughs> and... <laughs> The uh, the only other note that I have yeah. is there's a, a really good line from Morgan where they're, uh, Corey and his parents are having a heart-to-heart, and she comes downstairs and just goes, Hey, do you know who's reading me a story? Nobody! <laughs> like, <laughs> I forgot how cute that little girl was. <laughs> yeah, little Morgan is pretty great, and then they replace her with a different Morgan, and then it's not so great. But... Yeah. That was the B team of life, and it's a uh, it's pretty good episode actually. I I would rank this among my favorites of season one. I think I liked it a lot. There, I had some genuine chuckles. Yeah, I was shocked. I I was watching it at work and kind of like chuckling to myself. Um, so Joe, the second half of the show is a little bit more about you. Uh, and in this, I just want to ask you the same questions I ask everybody, which is a, what is your history with Boy Meets World? And B, do you have a particular favorite moment that like sticks out in your brain from from the show? Uh, any nostalgia whatsoever? And then obviously promote your podcast. Um, my relationship with the show is weird. I um, I never watched it growing up. I was really more of a married with children, Simpsons kind of guy, um, right. <clears throat> or as as they call that, poor. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, um, but at a certain point, I want to say it was around 13, 14, I got cable and my own room, um, in my own room. And, uh, I also started a love affair, a high school love affair with, uh, marijuana. So I would watch ABC family cause it was one of the 10 channels we got from the basic cable that I had downstairs. Um, and it was the best really, uh, it had all sorts of, so I, so I, I sort of got my, 
I started watching it then. So I really, but but the thing is, I've only really seen the first maybe two seasons, and because of the marijuana. I don't remember much of it. So listening to your <laughs> podcast, I'm like, holy shit, he did call Sean a WAP. I remember that one. Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I like your podcast because it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's springing memories that I, I just, I just buried uh, throughout the, my, my teenage years. Um, so yeah, we'll see how long I've watched the show. I don't remember any of it, but it's all coming back to me. Um, and I'll, I'll let you know, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> And so uh, tell us a little bit about the podcast you do. Oh, yes. Uh, Oshlaku. Um, O-S-C-H-L-O-C-K-U. I have to spell it out. It's a make-believe, or make-believe. It's a made-up um, word. Uh, so Otaku is what... Uh, it, it's, it's an anime podcast. It's an anime podcast. I'm not an anime fan at all, but and neither are my co-hosts, uh, John and Brandon, but... Um, what we do is we 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 watch schlocky anime and that's what it is otaku in japanese is like uh it means geeks so people who watch anime call themselves otaku um and, but it's schlocky anime so i combine the two words to make a word that is impossible to google and uh so therefore i have no listeners however um <laughs> uh yeah we watch we, we watch uh shitty well the the 40 or 50 listeners of this show will start listening to yours. beautiful thank you but uh yeah so it's, it's shitty anime uh from uh <laughs> 80s uh early 90s and it's 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 um it can be rough at times because it's still anime but we try to keep away from like the chibi uh pervy shit but it it really it gets in there so whatever uh anyways oshlaku um dot com go to that it's uh it's it's funny. We're funny, so uh, I think, whatever. I I agree. You got you. I remember you sending me the very first episode for notes, and I was very impressed with with the production value and the and the comedy. Uh, so definitely go and support Joe's show. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we will be back soon. I think next week, but I don't remember with another episode of Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fan cast. Uh, and because there's only a couple episodes of this before Monster Mania, I do also want to take a quick t- second to say, hey, do you like horror movies and live in the uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey area? Then you should come to Monster Mania and check out my other podcast, Horror Movie Night. We're going to have a booth there. We're having a pizza party on Friday night after the first mm-hmm. show. And then Saturday night, we're going to be having a big uh, live event. Um we're still working out the details for the venue, but uh, it's going to be pretty fucking cool. So get excited for that. Uh, but until next week, uh, here's Mr. Feeney telling us about how evolution and family work. And in the second place, your family didn't abandon you. They went to your basketball game. My family went to my game? Why? One would assume that they wanted to watch you play. But, I mean, I told them second string doesn't get to play. We just sit on the bench and rocked. Well, then one would assume that they went to watch you rot. My family drove all the way to Cheltenham to watch me sit on the bench? Yes, Mr. Matthews, they did. Why would they do that? Well, perhaps if you kept listening to the voice of Chuck Darwin, he might have told you that the highest form of evolution is a family of human beings who genuinely care for each other. What if it seems like sometimes they don't care? Sometimes you have to give your family the benefit of the doubt. That's part of your personal evolution. Do you know what happens to you if you stop evolving? I end up like this guy? More or less.